Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams. In this month's episode of Biblical Perspectives on Aging, we have a real treat. Oftentimes we have done interviews in the past But today, even though it's an interview, it is actually more of a conversation, but not just with anybody, but with someone who was there nearer to the beginning. John Burney was the third superintendent, what we now call president, of the Baptist home, and he and his wife Gladys had three children, one of which was named Jeanette. Dr. Rodney Harrison was recently able to spend some time with Jeanette, Bernie Ashley, and her husband, George, and was able to get an interview of what life was like for the Bernie family and for the Baptist home when her father first came, first as an accountant, but later as the superintendent, or again, as we call them, president today. So uh, just sit back and enjoy this interview. There is a book that is referenced in this. I will talk about that at the end. It is referenced at the very beginning when there's still a little bit of settling that is happening as people are kind of getting ready. So uh, there's a little extra noise at the beginning, but that ends very, very quickly. And so anyway, sit back, enjoy this look back, this reflection of life in the mid-20th century at the Baptist home, specifically at the time, it was the Baptist home, only at our Ironton location in Arcadia Valley. Uh, Sit back and enjoy this time of reflection. Have you ever seen this book? Yes, I have. Thank you so very much. In fact, that when I was uh, called as the interim president, um, on my very first night, uh-huh. I started reading the book, and it was just fascinating. Yeah. Um, and of course, now they have the three volumes, and hopefully down the road, we'll we'll add a little bit more to yeah, that history. I need some updates, because this ends with Iran in 1988, I think. Correct. All right. Well, let's begin with a word of prayer. Okay. Father, I thank you so much for Jeanette and for George. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of Baptist Homes and its significance over the years in providing, Lord, for a season of life that oftentimes, Lord, we don't don't anticipate it's coming. We don't anticipate that we will ever grow old and need more care. But if that happens, we are thankful for the ministry of the Baptist Homes. Lord, we thank you so much for the vision and the impact of those that you use to lay the foundations upon which we continue to build upon today. Dr. Riggs and Dr. Scott, Mr. Bernie, then moving into the Goodwin era, and um, Johnson and Steve Jones, and now, Lord, that stewardship is, is in our hands, and Lord, we pray that we would be faithful stewards. Lord, I pray that this uh, interview today would uh, provide not only a backdrop in history of your providence, but Lord, also would be an enjoyable uh, reminder of your goodness, your love, and the fact that the ministry of the Baptist Home is about people. And Lord, we thank you that we can be a part of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is my privilege uh, as president of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries to be interviewing Jeanette Bernie Ashley, and she is here today with her husband, George. 
So I, I just want to say thank you so very much for taking a few minutes to be interviewed. Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries has served aging um, Missouri Baptist and others since 1913, and uh, we will talk just a little bit more about the history, but I do want to note that uh, you came prepared today with the story of the Baptist home, and there is a three-volume set of books that uh, outline the story. Uh, the first volume covers through the 75th anniversary of the Baptist home, and then there's an additional volume that goes through the 90th year, and a third volume that covers up until uh, 2013. And so we are thankful for the recorded history. But you know, the history of the Baptist homes is more than just something on a written page. It's really about the people that um, know the Baptist homes, have lived in the Baptist homes. And Jeanette is in a unique position because her father, Mr. Bernie was the third superintendent or president of Baptist Homes. And so uh, let me start by asking, what years did you live at the Baptist Home in Ironton, Missouri, Jeanette? Okay. Well, I lived there from the time I was born in 1942 until 1948 when our family moved into town in Ironton. We lived there about four and a half years, and then Daddy was elected the superintendent and uh, in June of uh, 53, and so we moved back out to the Baptist home and uh, lived there until I left home in 1960 to go to college. Okay. Well, now, tell me just a little bit about your father and your mother. Just what are some highlights about their ministry and growing up with the superintendent of the Baptist homes? Okay. Um, well, they met there at the Baptist home. Mother started working there in July, I believe it was, 1936. And Daddy started there in uh, November of 36, working as the uh, office man for Dr. Scott. And my mother was a nurse aide. <clears throat> so they met there, and they dated for about six or seven months, eight months maybe, and married. Uh, they eloped, and no one knew they were married for a couple of weeks. And someone found caught Mother coming out of Daddy's room. They both lived there in different floors of the main building, and they caught Mother coming out of his room, and so, as she said, the jig was up. They had to confess that they had been married for about two weeks. Well, the policy was that uh, married couples could not work there, so Mother had to quit, and they moved into the farmhouse that was there on the property and uh, lived there then until 1948. And then when Daddy was elected in, in 1953, <clears throat> and we moved back out there. We lived in the big, what I was always told, it was the summer residence of the vice president of the Liggett and Myers Tobacco Company. And I've tried to find that actual written down somewhere, and I haven't, but that's what I was told. And it was a big house. When we lived in Ironton, <clears throat> Mother would say, Jeanette, and I would say, um, okay, and I'd go right to her. And I knew where she was in the house. When we moved into the big house there at the Baptist home, she'd say, Jeanette, and I'd say, where are you? And uh, so she'd have to tell me what floor and what room, and uh, it was quite an experience. My brother and I um, didn't understand how valuable that experience was until as adults we looked back and realized Dr. Scott had grandchildren that would come to visit, and they were allowed run of the building. And when Daddy was elected superintendent, he set us down, and I was uh, almost 11. My brother was 9. 
And he set us down and said, you will never run in the main building. You will never yell and be loud. You will be polite. <laughs> and so everything was told what we were supposed to do. And to the best of my memory, we obeyed that. Uh, we had a lot of fun playing down in the fruit room in the basement of the Rick Scott building. Uh, but that was out of the way. Nobody knew we were in there, and we'd play hide-and-seek and crawl under the shelves and stuff. And But uh, it was an experience that, uh, right looking back on it, I value and treasure highly. Um, the residents there were so kind to us, and uh, the home board was kind. Um, they just treated us like we were special people, and I didn't know it at the time until later. Um, the Baptist home was very inspirational in my learning to accompany church singing hymns. I started taking piano when I was seven, and um, when we moved back out there then, when I was almost 11, wasn't but about a year later, and churches would come from around the state on Sunday afternoons to have a program, and nine times out of ten, they would not bring somebody to play the piano. And I just lived in fear on Sunday afternoons until after 2 o'clock. I knew Mother was going to call over at the house and say, Jeanette, they don't have a pianist. You better come over here and play. Well, at the beginning, when I was only about 12 or 13, I could only play about two hymns. So that's what they had to sing. But I also was used to being able to stop and start over if I made a mistake. And when people started singing with me playing, I couldn't stop and start over. I had to keep going. So it really was a, a valuable experience for me to learn to accompany people. And uh, it was just a, a time to look back and treasure. What were your, some of your favorite pastimes at the home? <laughs> well, <laughs> when I was right, right before we moved back out there, when I was almost 11, uh, my best friend in Ironton, and of course at that time we lived in Ironton before we moved back out, um, she and I would walk out to the Baptist home. Mother would let us walk the railroad tracks. We'd walk about a mile then on the highway <clears throat> and get to the Baptist home. And we loved to sit on the granite entry posts at the driveway and pretend we were statues. And people would come to visit, and we would sit there so still, and they didn't know we were real. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in my mind. Another pastime, my brother and I loved to read, and we would climb the trees and uh, basically hide up in the trees and read uh, for hours at a time. Another favorite pastime was to go over to the cemetery, and we'd been given strict instructions, do not step on the graves. So we didn't do that, but we walked the wall around the cemetery. And at the time, we basically memorized all the headstones and the dates and the people because uh, we just did that a lot. Hmm. Um, there were a lot of other things, but those are some main ones that came to my mind. Oh, well, those are some very precious memories. And uh, some that I share, I've walked the walls of the cemetery and looked at the tombstones and marked down the dates as well. I assume you've looked at the cemetery section in uh, the Memorial Park, Arcadia Valley Cemetery. There's a Baptist home section 
and uh, it's really interesting too. Actually, I've not been to the Memorial Park section, and I am going there tomorrow okay. for the first time. And it's not in Memorial Park, but it's right mm -hmm. next to it. It's behind it. It's the um, KP Cemetery. Correct, and there, there's an archway, yes. Baptist Homes yes. archway there, yeah. and so uh, the administrator, Dan Stiles, will be taking me there tomorrow, yeah. and I'm looking forward to being there for the first time. Very special. Now, did you have many uh, friends your age to socialize with when you lived at the Baptist Home? Um, I had some friends. I wouldn't say I had a lot, uh, because we spent all of our time out at the Baptist Home, and that was two miles out of town, but... Uh, uh, the pastor that was there from the time he came to our church in Ireton just about the same time Daddy was elected superintendent in 1953. And his two older daughters uh, became very good friends. They were almost my age. Uh, so we did a lot together. Um, the girl that I walked, that we walked out to the Baptist home and, and would sit on those entryway posts, she was a really good friend and lived close to us there in Ireton. Some high school friends. But I wouldn't say a whole bunch because we were kind of isolated. Now, did you get to use the elevator? Not unless I was with somebody. And I did not want to be on the elevator. I used the steps every opportunity I could. People <laughs> don't like elevators. I don't like <laughs> elevators. Well, that elevator is still there and I it's still it terrifying. Is. Oh, man. I can <laughs> always see Otis up there. <laughs> Now, did you travel much with your father when he was speaking at churches and raising support for the Baptist home? Um, we traveled with him, but not so much like what you're talking about. It's like the associational meetings in the fall. And he pretty much went to those by himself because he'd be gone for a couple of weeks at a time, just one meeting after another after another. Uh, but we traveled. Um, I traveled more with mother as I got older in high school. Uh, she started a quartet, ladies' quartet there at the home, and uh, they were asked to sing at different associational meetings and churches around the area, and so I played for them. I still have music that I use that came from Mrs. Isabel Beating, Miss uh, Louise Sikafus, Miss Mary Steele. Those were the three ladies plus my mother that were in the quartet. But we did travel um, every spring after Daddy was elected. We'd go to the Southern Baptist Convention. And I, there was always a Baptist home booth in the exhibition hall. And uh, so we would go to that. We, and because of that, by the time George and I were married, I'd been in nearly every state of the continental, of the contiguous states. Um, and that was always an experience. Oh, there were a lot of things. We camped when uh, we went to San Francisco to the convention. Um, the only money the Baptist home was out for that was the four nights we spent in San Francisco. Everything else, we camped, and we bought our own meals. Daddy said, nope, not going to charge the Baptist home for this. And uh, we would camp, just pull off the side of the road and put up cots on the back side of the car and <laughs> sleep outside. Amen. Well, you'll be happy to hear that uh, starting next year, Baptist Homes will once again have a booth at the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, we will be uh, re-engaging that, uh, that opportunity once again. Uh, let me tell one thing about one of those trips. Uh, we went to Miami twice, once to the Southern Baptist Convention, and then in 1965, uh, the Baptist World Alliance met in Miami. And so we went to that, and there was an exhibition hall, and so we had a booth. Uh, the Baptist Home had a booth in that. And uh, one of the nights there, um, 
there, there was a guest symphony orchestra, and I can't remember the lady's name, but she was very well known in Baptist circles um, vocally. She had a beautiful singing voice. And so they were presenting this. It was uh, the initial presentation of this particular composition, whatever it was. And right in the middle of it, oh, it was so beautiful. Right in the middle of it, out of the corner of my eye, I saw somebody run down the outside aisle of the auditorium where we were. He went up to the stage and reached up and got a hold of the pants leg of the director of this composition and jerked on his pants leg. And so the guy stopped the music, bent down. There had been a bomb threat. They said there was a bomb planted in that auditorium. And we had 15 minutes to vacate the premises. Please do not run, walk, and get out safely. Well, as we were leaving, the only person I saw run was my mother. <laughs> but she ran. And we got out to the parking lot, and we were with uh, Brother Ernie Taller and his wife. He was the associational director of missions at that time in, in our association. And we were with them. And so we jumped in the car, and cars were trying to get out of the parking lot everywhere. And uh, so he jumped one of those speed bump type things. He jumped over that, started down this alleyway, and came to a screeching halt. We were within about two feet of dropping off into the ocean. It was a loading dock. So the Lord was with us that night. Well, I'm glad that you didn't have a big splash in Miami. So, Me too. Okay. Tell me about some of the friendships that you had with residents. Are there any any friendships that stand out yes. from those days? Yeah. Uh, specifically, those ladies that were in the ladies' quartet, uh, and, and of those three, Miss Mary Steele. Her dad was um, on the very first board of the Baptist home, maybe not the first one, but sometime in the 30s, George Steele. Um, and she was just a neat lady. And then uh, a lady named uh, Mrs. Pinturf, she started as an a employee, and then when she retired from that, she became a resident right off, and uh, she was just a really neat lady. Another one named Mrs. Burleson, um, and then there was um, um, Mr. Sam Camel, and um, Brownell, Brownie Brownell. Uh, and a fellow, and they both worked outside in the farm and and helped with the cows. And um, there were just a lot of them that, that became really special. What were some of the uh, memories of food and meals at the Baptist home? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I could tell you what some of the residents thought. Um, I'll tell that right quick before I tell my thought. Mother took over being the meal planner and helped a lot in the kitchen And when we first moved back out there. And when we first went out there, each individual was served, especially on cereal mornings. They wanted, well, post-toasties, post-toasties, whatever, Rice Krispies, uh, oatmeal, cream of wheat. So they tried to please everybody. Well, it just got to be too much. I mean, you get 100 people wanting 100 different things. So one of the ladies was complaining to Mother one morning, and so Mother stood up in the middle of the dining room, clapped her hands real loud, and she said, From now on, 
When the day is for Rice Krispies, everybody gets Rice Krispies. When the day is for cream of wheat, everybody gets cream of wheat. When the day is for oatmeal, everybody gets oatmeal. And that was that really caused a problem. <laughs> Some of them wrote their pastors and complained. <laughs> it was really hard, but uh, they she stuck to it, and so they had to change. But uh, for me personally. Um, we got to eat in the superintendent's dining room. Man, I felt like I was royalty in there. That was such a pretty room, and they had such beautiful antique um, sideboards and stuff in there. And, and But they was served the meals like breakfast, and that's basically the only one I ever ate over there because Mother would fix lunch during the summer at home, and then we'd always eat at home at eat in the evening. But that breakfast meal... It was served at 6 o'clock. Well, my brother, JT, and I wouldn't get there till about 7.30. By that time, the eggs were cold, and they had been fried in bacon grease, and the bacon grease was totally covering those eggs. And I can remember sitting there scraping that bacon grease off, trying to get to just the egg. That was, well, I... I uh, I try to eat everything when it's hot now. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea of getting up at 6 a.m. never did really... It just didn't take. Didn't take, really okay. Didn't take. We didn't have to catch the bus until about quarter till eight. And so we always just gobbled whatever we could and ran to the bus. Okay. Now, when was the last time you were on the campus of uh, the uh, Baptist home in Arcadia Valley? Uh, we drove out there this past May when uh, at Memorial Day... Yeah, Memorial Day when we went to the cemetery to put flowers on the graves. This is a side thing. I'm just like my mother. But anyway, before she died, she was sitting there. She said, I don't guess anybody will ever put flowers on the family graves again. And I said, Mother, I will take care of that. So I've been doing that since she died in 2010. And uh, so this past May, we drove out and drove around the grounds of the Baptist home. Okay, wonderful. Well, I truly hope that I will see you there for the 100th anniversary that is coming up in the near future. Um, that'll be the dedication, 100th anniversary of the dedication and occupancy of the Riggs Scott Building. Um, construction on that facility started 101 years ago, yeah. and so we're looking forward to that celebration. I don't know if you know that my dad and the Baptist Home got started in the same year. Daddy was born in, 19, in 1913, which is when the Baptist Home was started. Well, it'll be a significant celebration. We can celebrate your father's impact and accomplishments. You know, as I think of the Bernie era, um, of course, he came working with uh, Dr. Scott, really was the first accountant for mm -hmm. Baptist Homes, and then was the one who led Baptist Homes as superintendent to a business model that we are building upon today and had great mind for business. I know that was formally trained. I believe he went to a school in Chillicothe, yes, if I'm not Chillicothe mistaken. Business College. Mm -hmm. And I think it is interesting that our first campus was in Chillicothe mm -hmm. years later. So let me ask, are there any questions, and this would be both for you and your husband, George, are there any questions or stories that I didn't ask or didn't allude to that need to be told for future generations? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is to keep giving to the Baptist Home financially, uh, praying for the Baptist Home and the leadership, 
I always look at it as being God's provision, his establishment. Um, so I just pray that he will take care of it and protect it and guide it in the way it's supposed to go. Well, that is so, so relevant. We are launching this coming year um, a campaign called the Welcome Home Campaign. It is an $18 million capital campaign to support not only the existing campuses, but also the expansion efforts of Baptist Homes. And um, when we look at our strategic initiatives, um, we are committed, we are stewards of God's resources. And uh, this is his ministry. And we counted a great privilege to be a part of this ministry. Um, so what are what are your thoughts about the expansion? You've seen and read um, that we've been expanding, and there's actually a little bit more that's about ready to happen. But just kind of what are your thoughts about the fact that the ministry is expanding, you know, throughout the state of Missouri right now? I have mixed feelings. Uh, part of me, I'm really glad to see other areas of the state, you know, have the opportunity that um, the east side and southeast side specifically have had for the last hundred years. Or anyway, um, so part of me think that's really good. Part of me, um, when I see in the pathways that a new administrator of some kind or other has been hired, I think there goes more money that's not going for the care of the people, but for I don't know what because I don't understand all the terminology and all the. Uh, um, I don't know what the, the job description or the title of the job. I don't understand all that. Uh, but that, that then becomes my problem because I am praying that the Lord will guide and direct and take care of his facility. So then I have to trust that everything that's being done is what he wants done and it will be for the furtherance of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Well, that is, that is very relevant. And as we look at um, those that are are coming in as administrators. Um, every campus has, of course, an administrator, and uh, every campus has uh, staff. It's uh, staffing is one of our, our ongoing challenges, and it's something that we day to day pray for. Um, and of course, each campus has a, a campus pastor, which is an integral yeah. part of, of who we are. But it is an exciting time uh, to be a part of what God is doing at Baptist Homes. George, do you have any insights? Now, you you met your wife. At the university, is that correct? Yes, in a Baptist Student Union. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we were there in the in the sixties, the early sixties, and uh, then I went uh, to Kansas City to work as an engineer on graduation, and felt like God was calling me back into uh, full time work with young people because I have spending all my time off work on Twelfth Street working with the kids that grew up where I did. Well, so I went back to school, and then we we started dating. We'd been friends for a number of years, and, and about that time, I became one A, and was was being drafted. So we were married then. But the Baptist home has really, really been special for us. First of all, for the ministry that it gave to my mom, and she was she had visited there with us several times, and it was just it was unlike any. Baptist or any home for the ages that around Kansas City that we'd been in, because uh, uh, we used to at, from church we'd go and sing at various homes for the ages, and it, just the whole atmosphere, the whole 
things that were offered. So we've been really positive about the ministry there. And my last year in, in the military, Jeanette lived at home while I was overseas. And uh, we had a, our son was one year old, going on two. And so she and our son lived there with uh, her mom and dad. And uh, uh, I think John was, uh, was really uh, uh, a, a favorite of many of the older people. <laughs> yes, yes. It was just special yeah. to me that uh, he really felt comfortable there. And when he got, uh, I was trying to remember when he came down and worked. Was he out of high school uh, yet? Yeah, his first summer out of high school and then his second summer after he one came, year in college. came down a summer and lived with John and Gladys and worked there at the home on the grounds and helping out there. And it and it just had a, it's had a real special place for him. Mm-hmm. The one thing that, that has kind of disappointed me, and it's not the fault of the home at all, but we've tried to promote the Baptist home to those in St. James, which is not that far away. It's an hour and 45 minutes, 30 minutes. And it just seems like uh, the ones that we, and we've even taken some down for a visit, but they seem to be so clinging to their particular area. And so, in that respect, I think having the various locations around the state maybe will help some, at least, feel free to go ahead and and, uh, and go to one that's within a reasonable distance of where their relatives are or where they grew up. And so that's, that's a prayer and a hope mm-hmm. for us that more people will, uh, will see just how great it is in compared to the other... Yeah. Many of the other places. Yeah, Yeah. and there's no comparison, really. No. We recently hired an administrator, and in the interview, after we had talked about her um, relationship with the Lord and the local church, uh, the question came up, why would you like to work for the Baptist homes? And her answer was, because it's the very best, Mm -hmm. and I've I've known of your reputation for 20-plus years. And uh, we are so excited. Of course, she'll be joining our team here uh, this week, and um, you know, one of the one of the new developments that will be exciting as well is we are in the process of remodeling the second and third floors of the Rig Scott mm-hmm. Building, mm-hmm. and they will soon be affordable housing for seniors. And we are looking forward to that, and hopefully, that might be an incentive for folks here, maybe in yeah. St. James and yeah. other parts mm-hmm. of the state, who, well, maybe the geography they they would like to stay home, but they look at. Yeah we can afford this. And there are so many who, for whatever reason, uh, get to that season of life where um, they don't quite have the resources. Maybe they, all they have is social security and they're needing a little bit of extra care and they need a little bit safer environment. And we want to provide that. And the thing about Ironton, what I'll tell them is no matter how little you pay, you'll always have a million dollar view out those windows. Right. It is, it is probably right. the most beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful place in the state. Yeah. And every time I look out those windows of the Rig Scott building, I, I just continue to be yeah. in awe uh-huh. of the beauty of God's creation. The four, four years my dad was a resident there, 
from 1914 to night or 2014 to 2018, we would take Thanksgiving dinner. You know, the home kept saying, well, you can eat ours. I said, no, we're going to bring our own. And we would eat up there on the second floor in what used to be the porch out there. And I just love to look out that when those windows. And, and that'll be the dining room. Yeah. And uh, we look for it because it is, it's just, I can't imagine every day being able to enjoy that as a place to dine and just looking at that beautiful view. And it's beautiful all four seasons or oh, yeah. something, something very unique yeah. and different. Well, as we conclude our interview, um, first with Jeanette and then uh, George, I'll ask you the same question. And that is, how can we be praying for you? Well, the first thing that popped in my mind is that we will know when it's time for us to become residents of the Baptist home. Okay. Hmm. Why did you get to go first? Because that was hard. <laughs> now, uh, that's, that's basically yeah. it. And that's a hard, you know, I'm 82 uh, now. Not and, yet. Well, October, so basically. And, uh, you know, it's... It's hard to let loose of where you are if you could possibly do it. But I'm finding that uh, we've got five acres. Not all of it has to be cared for, but at least two of it does. Uh, I'm finding that uh, it's, it's getting closer. That's, that's a difficult decision. And I understand that mm-hmm. for other people because I see how it is for, for us. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We will be joining you in prayer for wisdom, discernment, and understanding of God's perfect timing. Baptist Homes, we are committed to Christ-like care for the aging, and um, it is our desire uh, to set the standard of care. And so we thank you so very much for your contribution, for the time that you've taken to be on this this interview. And uh, I will be concluding our time together. But again, thank you so very much for sharing your story. Uh, for referencing the uh, the story of the Baptist Home, um, a, a wonderful resource that if uh, a listener would be interested in knowing more about this, um, we can make copies available through um, Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries at um, helpdesk at thebaptisthome.org. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you. I do hope you enjoyed that reflection from Jeanette Ashley or Jeanette Burney formerly, now Jeanette Ashley, uh, and her being able to recollect some stories from yesteryear. In the podcast at the very beginning of the episode, there was the book referenced, and the book that she referenced, and in fact, she referenced the author's name right at the very end as well. That book was written by Ira Ann Hawkins. It is simply called The Story of the Baptist Home, The Story of the Baptist Home, and You can get a copy of that book. It does cover everything. It's actually been updated through the 90th anniversary of the Baptist Home. And so if you'd like to get a copy of that in some way, shape, or form, you may contact desk at thebaptisthome.org. That's desk at thebaptisthome.org. And we'd be happy to give you a copy of that. It is a... interesting book, a look at the history of the Baptist home, especially through the eyes of each of the administrators uh, in the first 75 years or so, and then uh, updated from there. So anyway, I hope again this episode was 
encouraging to you, brought a little bit of time of perhaps reflection for you if you know of uh, past residents or even current residents at any of our facilities. So until next month, let this be an encouragement of what God has done in the ministry here. And as we seek his wisdom for how to move forward, realizing that people like Jeanette and her husband, George, and others are praying, not only reflecting on the past, but thinking about what God might do in the future as well. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.